Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. It's a minute before 3 o'clock on a sunny Thursday afternoon, Southern California Live on KKLA and KPRZ. Glad to have you along. I'm Bob Lapine. Thanks for tuning in this afternoon. There's a uh, a verse in Ecclesiastes that I don't know if you've noticed this as you've read through here. I don't know if this has stuck out to you. It's It's like a lot of verses in Ecclesiastes where you read it and go, Wait, what? The writer of Ecclesiastes in chapter 7, verse 2 says, It's better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. Now, you wouldn't think that, right? You would think if you had if you had two choices today, one is to go to a party where there's going to be lots of great food, and the other is to go to a funeral, and you could pick... The verse goes on to say, for this is the end of all mankind. That is to go to the house of mourning. We're all going there one day and the living will lay it to heart. It's better to go to the house of mourning. That's not our natural inclination. It's not our instinct. And yet the Bible says, it's good for us to go there. In in my role in pastoral ministry, as a pastor in a local church, one of the things I tell our church is that the biggest part of my job with them is to prepare them for transition day, the day when we pass from this life to the next life. We're all going there. It's the most important moment of our existence and we want to make sure we're ready for that. In fact, I'll just I'll say to those of you who are listening, maybe you've never thought about this. Maybe you've never stopped to consider that that day is ahead for you and to be prepared for it is the most important assignment in this life. Most people are thinking the most important thing in life is whatever is right in front of you, whatever's going on today. And it's not that there are are not important things going on in your life today, but the most important thing is to know you're ready for that day because you don't know when that day is going to come. There was a Sunday night back in April of 2014. I was at a small group meeting with a group from our church and uh, we were gathering in the living room and it was starting to get cloudy and dark outside and that's not unusual in the late spring in Arkansas where I live. This is this is where um, there are a lot of tornadoes that come through this part of the country, and that's the time of year. If you've had a, a uh, warm day, um, you, you can sometimes wonder whether there's bad weather on the horizon, and there was on this particular day. We were sitting in a friend's living room in the the sirens went off. In fact, as I remember, I think the power went off for a while in the house that we were in. 
and you know you get out your phones and and see what you can get in terms of news what's going on and you hear the sirens going off and the sirens here mean it's a tornado warning right for those of you who have never lived in a tornado part of the country uh there are tornado sirens and there's a there's what's called a tornado watch that says conditions are favorable ripe for a tornado a tornado warning means they've spotted a tornado and you need to take cover. And so we were hearing the sirens. And so you do what you're supposed to do and you get to the inner part of the house and you you seek shelter and safety. So we did. The storm, there were not high winds. I mean, it, it kind of passed uneventfully for us. I think there was a burst of rain and it was all over in about 15 minutes. And we went on with our small group meeting and Marianne and I went home and I had not been home for long. I think it was 8 or 8.30 when I got a phone call from a coworker. And my coworker said, Rob is dead. Rob was one of our coworkers at Family Life where I worked. And I, I said, what, what, what are you talking about? As it, as it turned out on this particular night of April 27, 2014, the tornado that we were all aware of in the area had passed directly over the, the neighborhood where Rob and his family lived. I'd known Rob for probably a decade. We'd worked together. Um, and that was not the end of the news. Rob and his wife, Carrie, were the parents of seven children, excuse me, nine children. And Rob, with with the sirens going off, with the, the weather turning bad, Rob was gathering everyone up and getting them to safety inside their home. And he and two of his daughters were the last to be headed to the shelter area when the storm hit. So in addition to Rob losing his life, uh, two of his daughters, Tori and Rebecca, lost their lives that night, leaving Rob's wife, Carrie, and her seven children to, to walk out after the storm had passed in just minutes and find a beloved husband, father, and two daughters, two siblings dead. It, it's, well, it, it's unimaginable, and it was for all of us. It was stunning news. And you look at something like that and think, how does anybody recover? Well, Carrie Tittle has recovered. And I I say that without meaning to say it's everything's fine now. But God has been Carrie's refuge over the last seven years. And she has just recently, um, she's recently written a book, and this is a book 
for children to help them and all of us process and understand the goodness of God, the providence of God, the the, the smile behind the frowning providence, as the hymn writer says, in the midst of grief and suffering and pain and sorrow like this. Uh, not only was Rob a friend, but Carrie's been a friend uh, both before this happened and since we've, we've continued to be friends. And with this book coming out, which, by the way, I'm, I'm thrilled for because I think this is going to be so helpful for so many parents to be able to help children or grandchildren or others process the reality of loss and grief. The book, by the way, is called Nugget and the Refiner. And I asked Carrie if she would spend a little bit of time with us this afternoon and talk about the book and talk about her story and talk about the goodness of God in the midst of horrific tragedy like she experienced. So, Carrie, thank you for doing this. Thanks for being with us. Welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me. Carrie, I... I, I hesitated even at the beginning of the program to kind of rehearse um, what happened on the night of April 27th, because I have to think, even though you've you've relived that moment so many times over the last seven years, um, there's still a tender spot there, isn't there? Oh, sure, sure. If not daily, you know, there's there's always reminders. Um yeah, and you know, I when you said there was a wait, what verse? I, I have found through the last seven years there are a lot of wait, what <laughs> verses. <laughs> I found several of them, and um, so I, I don't ever want anyone to think that you know we you know we did this perfectly and we walked through this uh, with you know gracefully. We um, it, it was a it was a hard it was a hard road. It was, I mean, you go back to to 30 minutes before the storm pops up, and the last thing on your mind was that there was any hint of tragedy ahead for you, right? Correct. Correct. And, and you know, it's interesting. Um, we actually had a friend uh, at the children's hospital here locally that was the same age as my daughter's that wasn't going to make it through the night. She did not, she had a, uh, a rejection on one of her surgeries and I was sitting in the floor and I was just in tears and my Rebecca came in and I told her, I said, a parent should never have to bury their child. Oh. And I was so upset about this and I had no, I mean, I look back on that now and had no idea that she would, you know, paved the way ahead, you know, to heaven before this young lady did. And I, I think of that often. I think of how I was so unaware of how tragedy could affect me, you know. So, yeah. That's... Carrie, as, as you um, gathered up the girls and all of you went to the it was a a little root, a little closet under the stairs that you were gathered into is that right correct we were putting a kid under the stairs 
And right. and I know we've had this experience living in tornado country where you, you do this kind of thinking, this is probably unnecessary, but we'll do it just to be safe. Um, were you panicking at all with what was going on? This time we were because it was different. You know, it was just we had, oh, I want to say there were 30 or 40 foot trees just laying down in our backyard like weeds. I mean, just effortlessly. And we knew that that that's that's not right. So you you had seen the first the first part of this storm had already manifested itself when you were running for shelter, right? Correct. Correct. And it was just, it was unreal, like anything we'd ever seen. Uh, even the color of the atmosphere, everything was just, it was just really different. And we just knew something wasn't right. Because you're right, we had been through tornado warnings and tornado, uh, you know, just being aware. You'd heard the sirens before. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. But we knew this time it wasn't, it was something quite different. So you with seven of your nine children gathered under the stairs, were you thinking in your mind, hurry up and get here, Rob? Um, actually, um, I, I had read that also. <laughs> but actually, I wasn't under the stairs with the kids. Uh, this, we had seven under, and we were like throwing things down the hallway, you know, hmm. out of the closet. And we were just all about to gather, you know, when it hit, but even when it hit, you know, there was nothing left. There was, there was no house left. The stairs were gone. Everything was gone. Um, but that did seem to help, you know, being under those stairs, those seven that were under there. Yeah. I don't know if and that makes sense or not, but it it does. Did were you conscious through the whole uh, onset of the storm? Um, no, I, apparently I was not. I I remember when it hit. Um, I was. Uh, I just remember laying down. I knew what it was at the time, but when I woke up, Emily, my one of my sorry, one of my daughters had said um, that I had I had been out for, you know, some for a while, uh, probably a minute or so. So the, the um, girls yeah. were, were still awake and aware and, and you can, you came back to consciousness to find the house gone. And, and were you instantly right. aware that something had happened to Rob and to the girls? I was, I was, I, I remember getting up from the debris and that was like the first thing I saw was Rob and um, and we were in the backyard. It was, I mean, we were flung away, you know, from where we had been. And I, I mean, I just knew instantly. And then Tori and Rebecca weren't much further mm-hmm. away um, when we found mm-hmm. them. So, yeah. I, I thank you first of all for just letting us go back there and to, to kind of re-experience that with you. I, I want to talk about um, the the months that followed for you and for your kids because this is not something that that you get over in mm-hmm. a day or a week or a month or a year, is it? No, not at all. 
Um, you know, I, I often tell people that the three stages of my life from that moment were avoidance, refining, and waiting. Um, because, you know, the year or two after that, maybe even three, I avoided, you know, I was, I was quick to, you know, roll my sleeves up and, and want to talk about Jesus and want to, you know, tell others about him. But to really enter into that grief, I avoided. And I, you know, I just, I was not mentally there for my children. I was there physically, but I, and I I don't, I don't mean that as a, you know, poor me. I mean, really, I was not just available for my children to, to help them. And because why the book, because we had absolutely, I had, I didn't know how to talk to them. I didn't know what to let them talk about what, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know until, you know, I had researched all these years later of, you know, what you do for a child. Cause it's not something you're really prepared for. Um, in all those parenting books, you know. <laughs> well, and, and, and not only um, not only did you not know what to do with your kids, but here you are in the midst of processing your own grief, and so to be the the caretaker mother when you're having to deal with your own grief related issues as well. I mean, to to be a caretaker and one in need of care simultaneously that's a challenge. Oh sure, oh sure, and and there was just in, in all honesty, there was just a time that I had to put myself on the back burner and, and, and tend to the children the best I could. And, um, you know, in hindsight, you just, you see so much you should have done and could have done and would have done better. But, you know, when you're in the midst of, you know, grief like that, you, you don't, you don't think you don't, you can't, I I don't know. People talk about processing. I felt like I couldn't process. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, when you live in the Christianese <laughs> circles, you, everyone is known by their fruit. You know, that's, that's what, and, and I knew that, and I was very conscious and aware of that. And it was a very fruitless season for me. And I, I kind of felt like that was a weight that I, I took on myself that I probably didn't need to, you know, but I cared about what people thought. I, I cared of the things I shouldn't have. And that was probably one of the things I would have gone back and done differently is just not cared as much about um, coming up with fake fruit. <laughs> you know, I, I think that was something that um, I would strongly, uh, I would tell other people that, you know, when people are going through trauma like that, not to expect, actually to expect to be unexpected, you know, oh. they, 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 it's just, it's that part of that refining process that it's painful and it hurts and they're going to do things that, you know, that dross is going to show that dross, it's going to come to the top and it's going to come to the surface. Um, so yeah, that, that was a, and sometimes still is difficult, but certainly those first couple of years, um, uh, very difficult. I hear you saying there was an internal pressure to uh, to act the right way, to perform the right way, to to keep a facade on so that others would know that you were trusting the Lord and and 
and and I I don't mean to denigrate that at all, but but there was it was hard to be honest and real with yourself and with others about the grief you were experiencing. Oh, sure, because you know you want to glorify the Lord. You know you want to you want people to know He is good, but then you know behind closed doors, I just felt like you know, my faith was going to defect at any moment. I was just terrified because I really wasn't understanding, um, you know, the, you know, you, you, you know, you know, the verses textually, you know, that this is a light, um, affliction and, and it's, and it doesn't compare to the eternal weight of glory. You know, those words, but when you're in the midst of it, it's just, they just don't resonate. I don't know if that. Yeah, that makes that. You know, it, they, it makes perfect. Yeah. It's one thing to know that's true. It's another thing for your heart to embrace the truth of that, and for the the grief that is consuming you. I mean, this is where the book of Psalms, you know this, Carrie, the book of Psalms becomes the place where you live and you can you can now understand how David in his own anguish uh, processed and cried out and dealt with the grief he was going through, the turmoil he was going through. And he he was honest about it, took it to the Lord, opened it up. But I think I think what you're talking about is what a lot of us feel, which is we we've got to keep up appearances, we've got to act the right way. We want we want God to be glorified and so that means that we can't be real. We've got to uh somehow just act like like we're okay even if we're not and this this for those of us who are grieving and for those of us who are caring for the grieving we we've got to uh we, we got to step in and say you know the bible gives us direction and permission to be honest and transparent before God and before others and say, I'm weak and I'm struggling, and I know this is a light and momentary affliction, but it does not feel like that. And, oh, Lord, how long will you forget me? How long will you withhold your favor from me? How long will my enemies triumph over me? Those kinds of things. We're we're talking with my friend Carrie Tittle. Carrie has written a book for actually for children, for parents to read with children, called Nugget and the Refiner. I want you to talk about this book, but we got to take a quick time out. I also want in, to invite our, our listeners, because I know some of you who are listening have gone through or are in the midst yourself of this kind of a season of excruciating grief. If you want to join us and be part of this conversation, we'd love to have you. 888-52-TALKS is the number, 888-528-2557. We're going to talk about how we help kids understand more about the goodness of God in the midst of overwhelming grief and sadness and loss. Our guest is Carrie Tittle. Stay with us. You're listening to Southern California Live on KKLA and KPRZ. Twenty-seven after three, Thursday afternoon on Southern California Live on KKLA and KPRZ. I'm Bob Lapine. We're talking about grief, about processing our own grief, about helping children process grief when there's been a traumatic, catastrophic event. Carrie Tittle is joining us. Carrie's written a book for children called Nugget and the Refiner. 
that is a storybook designed to help them process grief. When did the idea, as we've already said, you, you went through the loss of your husband and two of your children back. Uh, it's been six and a half years now, right? Seven and a half, seven and a half years. When, yeah, when did, it's been seven and a half years. When did the idea for writing a storybook for kids to help them understand the goodness of God in the midst of grief and suffering, when did that come to you, Carrie? Um, well, I, well, to, I guess before that, there was um, there was just a time that I, I had told you that I felt like we had to constantly put up these fronts, and I had put out... Um, my notes. I just it was. I kind of just journaled my story and on refinedfamily.org, and I used those words because it was so often that scripture uses the word refine when it when it talks about uh, the way He grows us. And um, I was beginning to understand that, but I don't. I didn't feel like my kids understood it. And so I would take them through the refining process. We'd watch YouTube videos on the refining process. And it just, you know, I, I just thought, you know, there's got to be a way to get to, um, to their, their little concrete minds, you know, mm. to, to show them that hurting or just when bad things happen, it's not always bad, you know, sometimes these are ways that the Lord grows us or, uh, uh, people, I'm trying to think of the better way to say that, but well, he's uh, still, he's still at work in our lives. He's conforming us to the image of Christ, even in the midst of pain and suffering, right? Absolutely. And, and it can be painful and yeah. it, it can be disappointing and, and those things are okay. So um, I so I ended up uh, writing um, this, and then our we have a mutual friend who uh, painted uh, Jim McMurray. He mm. painted uh, pictures for the story, and then if that wasn't sweet enough, my husband's um, I'm trying to think what she she was the designer of the book Fair Family Life, mm. uh, Julie Sullivan. Uh-huh. Put the book together. It was just it was just a sweet project we all worked on, and um, that's how it came about. <laughs> but, but the story itself just evolved in your own heart as you were working with your kids processing the yes. grief. Absolutely. And and Absolutely. did your kids? What was each? I, I have to believe each of their journeys in dealing with grief was a very unique, very different journey. Some of them. Um, some of them had a harder time than others with what they were having to process, right? Absolutely. Um, and I, I found that it was my older children, um, you know, the near adult stage, uh, really struggled, um, really had a, a tough time, but they were old enough to understand. I mean, they knew scripture. They were old enough to understand scripture, uh, which was really hard for me because we had the same knowledge of scripture and I, I felt like I couldn't help them. Yeah. Um, that, but with the younger children, I, I, I didn't have a clue how to, because there were plenty of grief books out there. Um, but you know, none of them that I could find 
you know, turn them to the goodness of God and the sovereignty of God. And um, so I just sat down and penned a little story, you know, for my boys. Tell tell listeners about the story. What what is the story okay. of Nugget and the Refiner? So without sure, without giving away too much of it, Nugget's <laughs> basically um, a rock, an ore in the ground with a pretty bad disposition, <laughs> and he's found one day um, by a refiner, takes him home, and uh, kind of goes through the refining process, and he just really is this. Um, ugly little rock with as sour as he can be. And by the end of the story, he ends up just loving the refiner and he's finding that his change, the more the refiner worked on him, the more the refiner could see his reflection in him. Mm -hmm. And so, um, Basically, at the end, you know, Nugget is a humble and precious little um, piece of masterpiece. Is what yeah. he is. Yeah, it, it's a it's a wonderful book, well illustrated, as you said, and designed really to be read aloud to kids as young as four or five, all the way up through elementary school, right? Oh, absolutely, and even my my uh, kids in high school. They they loved reading it. Of course, you know. That's of course, mom wrote it. Come on, yeah. The book, by the way, is available online. It, you can go to Amazon. You can also go to Reformation Heritage Books. They're the publisher, and uh, and mm-hmm. look for a copy of this. And I'm just thinking of, I'm thinking of the number of people who this year uh, have had children who have had to face loss and grief and pain because of a pandemic because of unexpected circumstances where you wonder, all of us wonder about the goodness of God in the midst of, of that kind of pain. And this is a book to say what William Cooper, the hymn writer, said in, in his hymn, that uh, that we, we are not to trust uh, circumstances or, 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 or to, uh, to, design, to discern with our feeble ways the providence of God, but behind the frowning providence, there hides a smiling face oftentimes and and we have to sure. believe that in the in the midst of all of this again i want to invite our listeners those who may be going through this or who may know someone going through this maybe you've had your own experience of being in the refiner's fire and and uh dealing with this yourself you're welcome to join the conversation at 88852 talks 888528 Two five five seven. Carrie Tittle is our guest, the author of the book Nugget and the Refiner. Um, you, you said the older kids were the ones who struggled the most with their own sense of grief and loss, um, and and yes, they could understand the scriptures, but they're still teenagers, and uh, mm-hmm. we're not we're not thinking uh, rationally all the time when we're teenagers, and to to experience the kind of trauma that your kids experienced in an instant to lose sure. a father and and two siblings two sisters um that's something that parents and grandparents need some counsel and some help to to know how to help those kids navigate it what was the best advice you got from people about how you in the midst of your own grief could help your kids in in what they were going through well 
I, I would say that the best advice would be to let them talk. I, I found that when my older kids talked to me, it would hurt me. You know, I didn't want to relive that again. I didn't want to talk about it. And I found that was um, not not a wise decision. That 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 they really need to get that out. They need mm-hmm. to they need to be talking about it. Uh, that's probably the biggest one. Um, and just being there. Sometimes I know this sounds funny, but silently being there for your children, just being present. Um, I think that's what my children would tell you. Did you feel pressure as a mom to have to reflect uh, some kind of, of, I've got it together so that you can have it together? Uh Did you feel that around them? Absolutely, because, you know, mom always had it together, (laughs) you know, and, 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 you know, it didn't take them long to see through that, you know, they knew I didn't. And, um, yeah, there was a huge pressure there for that. And, and that's, like I said, that's one of the things I probably would change is just open and honest communication. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I did, I, I think I did very poorly in that area. Um, but I think it would have been more helpful to them. Well, just, I, I remember those days for you and with you and, and just the, the pressure to make it through tomorrow in what in what you're feeling in the midst of that kind of loss and tragedy we're talking with Carrie Tittle about the book that she's written for parents for those who are trying to help kids through times of grief and suffering the book's called Nugget and the Refiner and we're going to continue the conversation again you're welcome to join us with your own thoughts or reflections i'd i'd just love to know from you as as one of our listeners um if you've been through this what has helped you the most? What is it that others have said to you that was the best guidance uh, to get you through your own grief and pain and suffering? 888-52-TALKS is the number. 888-528-2557. You're listening to Southern California Live on KKLA and KPRZ. We'll be right back. Southern California Live on KKLA, KPRZ. Bob Lapine with you on a Thursday afternoon. We're talking about grief, navigating it ourselves, helping children navigate it. Carrie Tittle is our guest. She's written a book for children called Nugget and the Refiner, a storybook to help them uh, go through the processing of grief and to remember that God is good in the midst of it and that he's at work and that he is molding us and shaping us and refining us. That's the point of this. Rosalind is on the line with us from Orange. Rosalind, thanks for calling in on Southern California Live. Hi, how are you doing? Good, good to have you on. Um, Good, I I can relate. I mean, my husband passed away almost seven years ago. He suddenly died and um, that, that was a tough time, but I know God brought one of the scriptures he brought to mind was um, Psalm 46.1, which was, you know, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help and in trouble. And being still in verse 10, you know, um, and know that I am God. And it really did help, but I, I felt like God showed up in a wonderful way 
um, bringing resources and friends and helping out, really, in many ways. Um, I even joined, joined a grief share group, which was great. Um, but I also wanted to say I recently saw a movie that was called The Perfect Stranger, and it was on Amazon. It was a Christian movie about Jesus Christ invites this lady to have dinner with him. It's modern-day times. And so in the conversation, she had her husband, not her husband, her, her father had passed away when she was young, and she asked him, why did God do that? Why did God take him away? And so sometimes in a broken world, that's what God is going to use to draw us closer to him. Hmm. And it may be pause to think that sometimes, I don't think it's God being vindictive, but sometimes just refining us and helping us, you know, really get closer to him in many ways. So and of course, that's, that that's a, helpful. yeah, that's a perspective that it's hard to find sometimes in the middle of the grief and what you're going through. But that's, we have to come back to what is true, not, not what do our feelings uh, dictating here, but what does the Bible say is true about the goodness of God, about uh, Carrie, you used the passage from uh, from Second Corinthians four that talks about uh, light and momentary afflictions. They don't always feel light and momentary when we're in them, but this is where we have to go. God knows what He's taking me through. He knows what He's doing, and I have to trust Him. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Rosalind, thank you for. I... Rosalind, thanks for calling. Go ahead, Carrie, with what you were saying. Uh, well, no, she. I think she's right because I, I found that suffering doesn't ever really go away, but when the there is a fog that does lift, and you can definitely see the evidence, um, especially when your faith has survived such a traumatic experience. Um, that, uh, yeah, there's definitely a visible. Your 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 walk with the Lord is just different. Yeah. It is sweeter. It is closer. It is. Um, uh, she's she's absolutely right. You you're welcome to join us. By the way, at at, uh, at the program as well. Eight 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 fifty two talks is the number. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. If you'd like to join the conversation, Carrie, she mentioned Rosalind mentioned Psalm forty six one. God is our help, our ever present help in times of need. Uh, our, our rock, our fortress. Were, were there passages of Scripture that were the ones that you kept coming back to and finding comfort and finding refuge? Absolutely. Uh, Isaiah 43 was constantly, I, I've got just dates all over that verse where I've written, mm-hmm. and he just, he kept promising that, you know, when we pass through the waters, he will be with us. When we right. Um, or through the rivers, we won't be overwhelmed. We walk through the fire, we will not be burned, and the flame will not consume. And I, those were truths that I had to fight for daily. I mean, it's not just you tell yourself the truth and you're good to go. It was, it was a daily battle that I had to just force feed myself the truth. But yes, Isaiah 43.1 was definitely one that I came back to again and again. Well, it's interesting because as you quote that, and, and I think of the the song that we sing that is based on that, where we sing, uh, the flame shall not hurt thee, I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. So it's Hi. it's even in that hymn that it's talking about God's purposes in the midst of 
uh, trial and suffering, God's purposes is a refining purpose to to ultimately bring good in our lives. And and here's here's where it gets hard because I'm sure you've experienced this. You've wondered with with your kids and how they've processed this. You you've wondered is is good really going to come from this? When will that day come for them? Will they grab onto this, or is this wound so deep that it's going to sink them? Right, absolutely. And 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 you know, I've I've, I've thought you know many people will tell you, uh, you know, the the verse from Jeremiah that he does all things. Uh, what what was that verse? I know um, the plans I have for you. Is that the one you're thinking? After you declares the Lord, and right. then. That was another one of those wait what verses because he was saying in 70 years, you know, he's saying, you know, make yourself at home here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, he's, and so, yeah. I, yeah. K- Carrie Tittle joining us this afternoon on Southern California Live, the book that she's written for parents and for children who are grieving is called Nugget and the Refiner. Uh, Dorothy is on the line with us from Englewood. Dorothy, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on. I listen to the program daily. Today Mm. was really something that hit me because I lost my daughter November the 10th, 2020, from cancer. She was 30 years old. Oh, my baby. And I am a Christian. I've been a Christian for a long time, but I was listening Something like this, when it hits you, you, you question God and you wonder, uh, you know, why is this happening? And, and I see so many people doing so many evil things, and they have all their kids. So, of mm. course, that crossed my mind. And yes. I just, I'm having a hard time getting better, but I'm having a hard time dealing with the loss of my daughter. Um, the, the grief you know, often comes so, in waves where we feel like maybe we're getting our equilibrium back and then a wave hits us and we're back underwater again. Is that how you felt, Dorothy? That's how I feel on a constant. Yeah. It, it's, you know, um, I, I've, I've been teaching elementary school for 22 years. I'm going to retire hmm. this month because I, I just can't get a grip on it anymore. I'm just. Wow. Some days I'm okay, and some days I'm not. So Carrie, I can't give Carrie, it my all, so I think it's time for me to retire. Yeah, Carrie, let, let me have you talk to Dorothy about your own journey in dealing with your own grief and how you dealt with the waves when they came. And and at what point did you kind of feel like you turned a corner, or have, have you gotten there yet? Uh, well, honestly, I... I, in 2019, I had a double stroke that finally landed me to be still <laughs> and know, because I, I kept busy. I, like I told you, I was an avoider. I couldn't, couldn't deal with it. And when I had the stroke, you know, I was, I was in the hospital for like seven days, and I had no choice but to, you know, I was I was faced with you know, the reality of what had happened and it was very difficult. Um, but I, you know, I, but she's, I, I understand Dorothy of being a different person. You're not the same person um, because a big part of you is missing, you know, that was part of you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, I was, 
I didn't turn the corner. I was kind of like pushed around the corner, <laughs> if you will. And, uh, uh, but, you know, I, I think that just really spending time with the Lord and crying out to him and yep. just brutal honesty, just like David, you know, brutal honesty of how he feels because he was a man of suffering. He yes. went through many painful trials. He has gone through it. He's gone before us. Um, he's felt every bit of it. And so there isn't really another who could understand more than he could. And, and, and Carrie, um, Carrie, that's what I was going to say. I, I think, first of all, no one's grief journey is is the same. It's not like what you went through is what like here's the path and it's going to month seven is going to be a turning point and this month's going to we, mm-hmm. we can't say that but but here's what we can say cry out to god as as transparently as honestly as as openly as you know how to do and let god meet you there he he is waiting for you to be honest and he will meet you in in your honesty he's not put off by your honesty. He knows what's going on in your heart. You might oh, as yeah. well verbalize it and get in touch with it yourself. And, and God will meet you there and, and he will, he'll bring peace that passes understanding. And Carrie, I'm so grateful for your story, for the work that you've done to help parents with this, for the book. I hope listeners will get a copy of the book Nugget and the Refiner by Carrie Tittle. Again, find it online and Carrie Thanks for time with us this afternoon. Good to talk to you. You too. Thank you for having me. And I hope you'll stay with us. We're going to talk about what we do with our doubts next hour. This is KKLA, KPRZ, Southern California Live.